0: I would like, if I may, to take you on a very strange journey.
1: Welcome to Nine Sense. Nine Sense is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. I'm being joined today by Aaron from Down to the Crossroads. How are you, my dear?
2: I am super duper. How about you?
1: <laughs> that sounds really good. <laughs> I am mm-hmm. super duper. <laughs> Make sure I'm recording. I am recording. All right. We got the enthusiastic super duper. Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you Mm -hmm. for asking. Um, And it is great to have not only you, Aaron, but you, the audience. It is January 11th and we have uh, what we hope is going to be an amazing show for you (laughs) this week. Okay. So first and foremost, uh, just as mentioned last week, if you're hearing this, then you probably already fucking know, but on the off chance that you're getting this in some other way, Uh, We have a new RSS feed, so if you have not seen a new 9 Cents this entire year, and you're picking this up from YouTube or from some MP3 link somewhere on the interwebs, well, all you have to do is go to the homepage, 9SensePodcast.com, and click on the RSS icon, and you'll see the new RSS feed, or you can just stay connected via iTunes, and you will update automatically. Everything will be great. If you are having problems with this, Unsubscribe and resubscribe, but you really shouldn't. It should be, uh, should be pretty seamless at this point. Um, uh, this is a brand new year. This is the first time <laughs> I'm talking to Aaron, the lovely Aaron, this year. Did you have any wild holiday extravaganza
2: like parties? Oh my god. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. Uh... We don't do that around here much anymore. We're super low-key these days. Really? Oh, we're old folks. So what'd you do, old fogies? For New Year's Eve? Yeah, for the holidays. In general. what you Well, do? in general, well, for Christmas we went down to Georgia where Josh's family is and mm-hmm. we had a super great time. I love those people. They're great. Uh, and then... You know, we were there for about a week or so, and then we came back here, and we did New Year's Eve here. We walked down to the harbor and looked at lights, and then we snuck into the ho- this uh, hotel that we found. It was pretty swanky. We snuck into the bar and had some <laughs> had some drinks there, and um, yeah, it was a night i I think we were in bed at midnight, but...
1: <laughs> wow, well, just in time for Santa Claus.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> to,
1: to come hook it up. Nice. How um, were your
2: holidays?
1: I... <laughs> Glad you asked. (laughs) I played more uh, of this. We got got my daughter this little pop-up castle princess game, board game. (laughs) And I've played that so goddamn much. I'm actually starting to like it. (laughs) Like so much. It is insane. Uh, And I have to say, my favorite princess is Belle. We we do pretty good on average together, Belle and I. (laughs) If you've... If you've never been a father and been forced to play dolls or, you know, girly board games or dress up or anything with, uh, with your kids, this may sound weird, but it's, uh, it's a really wonderful way. One, obviously you always want to try to bond with your kids in some way, but it's, it's, it's nice to get them out of the house and try to, you know, teach them something new, but it's even better at times to let them teach you and you to meet them on, on their preferred ground. In this case, it's princesses. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it was so fucking cool just hanging out and playing over and over and over again. And then having her little friends come over and her like calling me over like, Daddy, come play with us and playing the board game with her and her friends, (laughs) which I don't know. I (laughs) I had more social interaction with my daughter and her friends than I did with my friends this holiday. (laughs) Really, really kind of weird, but it's... It's it's a really wonderful way to bond with your kids, man. I, my son is at the point where he's out. You know what I mean? He's just out with his friends, or he's playing games, or he's he's just not part of the immediate family on a regular basis anymore. Just sort of that age. So it's nice to sort of latch on. I mean, it's honestly at the point where... <laughs> oh, I'm going to send it such a pussy. Uh, it's to the point where, like we'll see a baby picture or we'll see a family, you know, crooning over their newborn and I look over the wife. I'm like, you want to do another one?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Even
1: though we're both fixed, there's no fucking way ever it could possibly happen. I kind of still want another one. It's weird, right? Okay. It, doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense, especially with all of the money and emotion and just general energy you dump into them. But uh I don't know. <laughs> I think my biological clock is
2: ticking, Aaron. It's weird. Yeah, there's something evolutionary in us that just makes us want to have kids, even though against all logic, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Fortunately, I've been able to stave off those thoughts and <laughs> and not go, oh, I'll just we'll just have one then, and then end yeah. up with six kids, you know. <laughs> it's hard sometimes, and it's really hard to go like, no, you – I know you kind of want one now, but you, your ship has sailed and you've <laughs> you made this decision and now you have to live with it and you can't afford it anyway. So just forget it. And then I go, <laughs> yeah. okay, all right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> is
1: that, is that you on your own shoulder? Is that Josh yeah. like, just stop it.
2: <laughs> oh no, that's me. That's all me. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's
1: a trip. And I don't, Really want one, but there is right. that you—you know, you, you see him growing up and sort of disappearing, and you're just like, you miss that—that the that, that parental intimacy that you used to have. It
2: well, was, that's when um, you start like f- hounding your children for grandbabies. Like it's never too early. Oh, jeez, no, it is.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, no.
2: No, you got to start now. I'll be like, I can't wait for you to have babies. Start now, look, you, son. Are,
1: <laughs> your balls have you dropped yet? it is time.
0: <laughs> you get out there you and make babies. me babies.
1: Um, no, we were, we were watching, uh, a, some TV show and I looked over at my son and I didn't, and it, as a parent, you do this from time to time. You don't quite recognize them because in your mind, when you think of your children, uh, they look m- years younger than they actually do in reality. You think of them in terms of your babies. You don't think of them as, well, he's a fucking teenager now. And so looking at him, he looks so goddamn grown up. His feet are literally a half inch shorter than mine already. And I I just don't recognize him. And I get this sense of pride and uh, longing to, one, have him as a kid again, but also excitement to uh, experience who he's becoming. You know what I mean? Like you, you get a... As a parent, you have this really kind of cool experience of trying to impart as much of the world's knowledge as you can in the first, we'll say, ten years. And then they start getting heavily influenced from the outside. And you hope that what you sort of instilled at those first years are enough to ground them with all the insane shit that they're going to hear outside your house. Um, And, and you, the second that you lose control over their growth, you start to sort of not only yearn to get that control back or to help them along the way, but you also have this really exciting experience of like finding out who they're going to be. And that's kind of where I am right now is I'm excited to see what kind of a man he grows into. And I hope that at some point I can claim that I had a, <laughs> a part in whatever, hopefully it's a good thing that he becomes. It's, mm-hmm. but he, <laughs> Through this entire experience of me talking is the same length of time I was staring at him, <laughs> and he like <laughs> turned to me, feeling my eyes, he's like, "Stop it, What are you looking at? Stop staring at me. <laughs> I was like, "You're my little boy, you're so grown up, and I just you're my little boy and I immediately remember my mom doing the exact same thing to me when I was a kid, oh my and God, I had yeah. this like shudder of like, "Oh fuck, no,
2: <laughs> I am my parents, oh, yeah. oh my God."
1: Is, uh, oh yeah, of...
2: you're totally gonna turn into your dad. It's just <laughs> bound to it's happen. Fucked. It's
1: fucked. Yeah. All right. Um, one last little note for everyone out there. Um, we, the contributors of Nine Cents, took photos and uh we didn't get everyone, but we got the majority of us that could make it and uh put together a little wallpaper. So if you guys really like nine cents that much and want <laughs> us to be on your uh your your desktop background, whether it's a PC or a Mac, uh, just check out the Facebook page, you'll see it there. Um, There's a wallpaper there for you. And then there's also like a nine cents smartphone wallpaper that I released years ago that's also there if you guys are interested in that. So, you know, just a little, another way that you guys can experience nine cents. It's only once a week podcast. And uh, I know some of you needed a little bit more than that and this is the way to do it. So uh, (laughs) just keep the cum off the screen, right? Ew,
0: (laughs) ew. (coughs)
1: okay so you know we didn't even talk about what's in the show okay so devil's advocate we're gonna be talking about terrorism that's right a satanic view of terrorism and to be fair it's going to be two satanists (laughs) views yeah in uh, the infernal informant we have two articles white house to convene summit on violent extremism and fourth graders at new york school plotted to kill teachers with hand sanitizer report says. <laughs> uh, we've got a special reading from Magister Slaughter of Underworld Amusements, and then we're going to close this out with Down to the Crossroads. Of course, Aaron is in the his house. Episode 30. I... We've well, we got this one.
2: It's called Signifying.
1: Signifying. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And that's going to close it out for the episode. So how about we dive in with a little devil's advocate. It nominated nostrils, Thomas of Fairy Selsen, Satan, the world, the earth. Cain, though I'm an active member, I do not speak for the Church of Satan. <laughs> a satanic view He's of there. terrorism. Uh, first I want to cover uh, a few bases. First and foremost, this is my opinion, this is not representative of any other Satanist, any other human being, or the Church of Satan. And uh definitions: Terrorism is the use of violence and intimidation in the pursuit of of political aims, and it's important to understand what terrorism actually is if you're going to have a discussion about it. And I, I'm bringing this up because um, not only because of the recent bombings in and shootings in France, uh, but all around the world, we just started to close down, I mean, they claim they're closing down, but started closing down the longest U.S. war ever that mm. began because of terrorism, mm. um, terrorism has in my opinion been the defining uh the defining theme of the entire obama and bush before him presidencies and um you can't argue that terrorism in and of itself has dramatically changed our individual lives even though it touches so few of us in america directly Um, and i think that's an interesting idea because it's something that In reality of it affecting us directly as in the violence or intimidation part of it, um, it's slim to none, and yet the thought of it drives a lot of our day-to-day thoughts, which, blame it on media, blame it on the internet's immediate exposure of worldly events, it's a a fucking stunningly interesting notion. Uh, Magus Gilmore, the high priest of the Church of Satan, has released a number of Uh, not only news bulletin uh, interview uh, responses, but also essays. For example, The Murderous Madness of Theism on the subject of terrorism. I suggest everyone go to churchofsatan.com or news.churchofsatan.com and check that out because it's it's absolutely valuable. I'm going to take a little bit of a different spin. And here's something before we dive in. I know this is a long preamble here uh, to keep in mind that not all Satanists share um political views, uh social views and even in an expression of satanic views differ. So we need to keep that in mind as we're having this discussion um because uh, I th- I think it's important. Cuz <clears throat> you know obviously if you're like well he didn't s- he doesn't say the same thing as this other person, that's not satanic. Well that's not fucking true. Uh what makes an idea satanic is uh, the individual's relationship and expression of that idea. And that is a very important idea to hold on to through the, this discussion. So let's start it here, Aaron. Um, and I know we didn't plan anything, so this is all going to be <laughs> off the hip, just riffing. Yay.
0: Um,
1: how Do you think um, there are any elements of terrorism that... Could possibly be positive in a Satanist's view, for you.
2: (laughs) Oh gee, let's see. (laughs) Geez, I mean that's an interesting question.
1: (laughs) Literally sprung it on her, guys. It's not. Yeah.
2: Um. I guess it depends. Oh, I guess we already defined terrorism. I was going to say it depends on your um, definition of terrorism, but we defined it at the top of this. So, uh, well, by that definition, I guess so. Like, I guess there are some uses for terrorism.
1: (laughs) I I think we need to keep in mind also that, you know, when we're talking about the use of violence and intimidation, Mm. we, we read those words and we associate them with what's actually happening. But I would like to look at it maybe in a potentially different way Mm -hmm. um, because right now Islamic terrorists have, or fanaticists, (laughs) religious zealots, we'll say, have taken ownership of what violence and intimidation means. But their use of violence and intimidation, i.e. bombs, murder, and death, that's not the only way you can divine violence and intimidation. And I think it's important to to think of those two words, violence and intimidation, in the full range, the full scope of what they could mean. It's really easy to fall on this idea that, well, terrorism is bad and we must stamp it out. But America wouldn't exist if it weren't for some very um, powerful uses of terrorism against not only redcoats, but England in and of itself as an institution. Um, And we use it. To our and have used it throughout all of our American history to maintain our position of authority and control over other people's um, countries, really. Yeah. So, uh, within that framework, uh, how how do you see? And and we'll say you know now that we've sort of laid a groundwork of, of opening terrorism up. How do you see the current? climate of terrorism in our world? I mean, because the Islamic um, fanatics have really taken ownership of it, do you think there's any way of uh, anyone ever stopping that?
2: Well, that's a really interesting question. That's one I've been thinking about a lot lately. I mean, what do you do when... And this is such a, a much larger discussion, but what do you do when... Um, you have these crazy these fanatics that are willing to do anything for their cause and it doesn't even matter what happens to the individual because when you you know, if you take out the individual, well then two more just pop up in their place, you know? And that's a terrifying idea. Like we have to find the source of this and nip it in the bud. And I have a lot of opinions about what that might be, but Really? We can, well, I, not really no I mm, mean so just
1: a source of Islamic terrorist or just in yeah. general terrorists? well,
2: mostly in general um it's sort of dogma or religion specifically, I think that the only way that we'll ever stop terrorism is to to level the religious playing field
1: see that's interesting because y- you know our our terms of um our our definition of terrorism. Doesn't even, doesn't even bring up religion directly. And I mm-hmm. think it's really interesting because what, what we've seen in the past, what we have seen as an American culture since our beginning is a blurring of the lines of religion and politics in that mm-hmm. maybe they never were separate. And you can make a pretty goddamn strong argument that they never were separate. Uh, Mm Um, but in America, we pretend like they are, or we pretend we want to have them separate. And so to try to project that out to the rest of the world, it's easy for us here and having Webster defining what terrorism is. But if Islamic terrorists Mm. or Islamic fanatics don't see it in the same way, there's like, I'm not trying to do anything political at all. All I want to do is shut your ass up for drawing a fucking picture. Well, right. how does that fit into the the meme of terrorism? Now, that's a great question. Is we, like a, you at know, that point, to, is it just murder?
2: Yeah, I mean, we have to kind of decide on definitions. And then that would mean reasoning with people who are I, you know, ideologically unreasonable and impossible to, to, to talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, because their dogma is constantly getting in the way of their reasoning. I don't know how you... I don't know how you, you fucking talk to people like that. I don't know how you negotiate people with that. I don't know how you come to resolutions with people like that, with fanatics. I mean, I don't mean to sound so so very racist when I say yeah. people like that. But I, you know what I mean? I mean, extremists of any religion. There's you. I don't know how you talk to them. <laughs> how do you yep. negotiate with people like that when you're speaking, you know, different languages of logic?
1: Yeah, I mean... Y- You're literally coming from completely different positions of uh, culture. So, Mm -hmm. you know, what we're seeing as terrorism, they are definitely not. Um, But,
2: I mean, do you think it's a clash of ideologies, you know?
1: Oh, absolutely, for sure. I mean, do you think that the term terrorism is being used too much um, just as a blanket term rather than the actual real definition of it?
2: No, I don't think so. I think I like the way that it's used. I don't want it to be right? too terribly like uh, too terribly narrow. I think it's okay that it's used pretty. Um, I don't. I don't think it's used liberally, but I think the the strict definition of it should have a little wiggle room. So,
1: what would the? I mean, just for you, what would the definition of terrorism be? If, I mean, would you just automatically just add in religion?
2: I think I might. I think at least some sort of dogma, which, you know, I th- is maybe just a euphemism for religion, but it doesn't necessarily have to mean that, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just any sort of rigid set of ideals that are not open to discussion, you know, are not and are not at all based in any sort of reality. It's interesting because the, I look at, at
1: terrorism... Um, through my own satanic lens, and I... On its face, I cannot see anything wrong with it. Mm. Um, (laughs) Though there are things that (laughs) happen very badly with it. Uh, So let me explain a little bit. Um, As Satanists, we very much cherish the idea of um, uh, respecting the political environment that you live in, um, we very much believe that if someone trespasses upon your, um, your life, on your property, on your loved ones, that it is your responsibility to, in your own way, um, strike back against them. Of course, we define that as following, again, the laws of the land that you live in. Um, what if the laws of the land you live in encourage Retribution. What the culture you live in encourages the striking out uh, against those who speak out against you. Then as a Satanist, you are just doing exactly what comes naturally. So, and I know there's a lot outside of that when we apply it to the real world that um, can cloud up the, the core idea. But that's how I see it at a beginning starting point. Um, I do not agree (laughs) with Islamic radicals, not their religion, not their politics, not their social views. And I certainly don't agree with them uh, blowing up people outside of their territory. Um, But I got to be honest, I give a fuck if they just stay within their own borders and blow each other up. I don't Mm -hmm. mind that at all. And you Mm -hmm. traditionally see that quite a bit. And so with that in mind... don't really care about terrorism um and Mm -hmm. i can through the stretch of imagination uh here in america see you know if the worst happens becoming a terrorist myself because if you go into a police state if your rights are stripped away if you no longer have the freedoms that you had grown up with had lived with if people from across the sea are using drones on a daily or hourly basis to rain down hell upon you and you had nothing to do with it. There are situations where I could see, I I could agree that you have to do something. Hmm. Um, And so if I am, I'm cursed with perspective here. <laughs> If I saw myself as uh, living in Pakistan, for example, and I'm fucking herding my goats and a drone drops a bomb and kills my home before I can get back, my family is dead. Well, I would hate whoever sent that drone. And in this pretend scenario, that would be America. I would be be beside myself in grief and anger and rage and frustration. And what would you not do to get even? Uh, To just hurt them in some way. So, I understand and I accept the idea of terrorism. But just like you just said, Aaron, how do you stop something like that? Um, mm-hmm. at, and if we can look back at history and understand one thing, it it is a part of our behavior. You will never... If, if terrorism is the use of violence and intimidation in the pursuit of, and we'll just say ideology, because that could be social, religious, or political, then... That's been going on since the beginning. That is what makes us humans: our attempts at influencing our environment to uh, have our way, yeah. <laughs> to have others behave in our way. Um, I mean, how can that be a bad thing? It's... I mean, unless it's against you and your family, of course, then it's a bad thing. But the the notion of it, I, I don't know. I I, I don't. I, we as Satanists, Traditionally, I would say the majority – I don't know anyone who's not this way, um, though I don't want to pretend that there's not – were much more accepting of of outsiders' ideas. And if someone drew an image of, let's just say, Anton or our high priest, well, we don't deify them. We don't see them as flawless, so it wouldn't fucking matter to us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not something to kill people over for us. And, you know, we do have tools to avoid – Physical retaliation, um, i.e., ritual. So, hmm. I, I don't know. I, it, we wouldn't express it in the same way, um, but for you, Aaron, could you see a situation where you would turn that way? You know, if, if just this fucking star is aligned?
2: I don't know. You know, it's tough to say, but I know that there's a really dangerous place when there's. When no one has a sense of humor, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. if you're part of a religion that can't tolerate, you know, can't really laugh at yourself. um, I wish that there was a way that they could question that, you know, Um, which goes back to the beginning of how do you even stop this? But I don't know where I would be. It's hard for me to imagine a world where I would be faced with that choice of turning into a terrorist. It's so foreign to me.
1: I think it is unfair to look upon the greater Islamic community and say, you guys need to step up and stop these guys.
2: It's too hard.
1: Because the reality is, is the majority of the power, the people in power silently, either silently condone or outright support this behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if, (laughs) if the, the, People in position of authority over your nation don't want to stop it. What can you do as an individual, just Johnny Joe Smith down the street? Like literally nothing. You could die Mm
2: -hmm. if you tried
1: to step up or you could just be fucking quiet. So I think it's unfair to say, oh, you need to police your own. Oh, you guys need to raise up. That will never fucking happen, which continues this process that we have right now. So if it cannot be done from inside... Um, this, uh, I'm just going to say, large group of individuals, then it has to be done from the outside. Mm. And so what is the answer? The United States has been striking out Al-Qaeda and their different shoots for 11 years now, uh, raining down drone bombs since Obama's been in office more than ever before. And it's just spurred up more rage and anger. And then you toss Guantanamo into the mix and he keeps building. I mean, if we're feeding the fuel, <laughs> what mm-hmm. can we fucking do? Mm. Um, is it just something where you just wipe your hands and say, you know what, this is going to happen. We're going to stop fighting against it and we're just going to focus on us. Or, I mean, you do a full-blown invasion of... others countries and you know stamp it out that way i mean the problem i think is that it's not just the average and i'll use uh islam follower as uh, my reference here because that's the most prevalent nowadays it's not the average muslim's responsibility to redefine Thousands of years of doctrine in fanaticist's minds mm-hmm. and, and like what what the fuck can you do <laughs> mm. and then is is consent from external powers other countries if is their non willingness to stamp it out encouragement in the end? Uh, my old uh, company commander in the military used to say silence is consent
2: mm-hmm.
1: well, if that's true, then it would explain why it's been fueled so much in the past 11 years, so much, ramped up so much more Um, I don't know,
2: it's hard to know like centuries ago would we have just sacrificed everything to invade this country, you know, just lost thousands and thousands of lives, I mean, that's what they used to do wasn't it, like back in the days when people were conquering other countries, they would just, whatever the cost um, militarily or, or you know, with bodies was worth it Maybe we're just a bunch of pussies, and we're not willing to fight for what we, what you know what we know is right.
1: it is It is really interesting because that puts the individual in a position of um, social responsibility. So mm-hmm. rather than saying, I have to check my Twitter and take a selfie this morning,
0: mm-hmm. it's,
1: I am going to help my greater country, whatever country that is, stamp out terrorism, and if that means dying, I will do it. So have we, as a species in your opinion evolved past that? To even even be able to uh, assault an idea as Mm -hmm. great as Islamic terrorism, specifically, like, does anyone really fucking care enough, other than retweeting a fucking meme Mm -hmm. or talking about a fucking article?
2: Are we too narcissistic? I think so. Simply, I, I do. I think we are all too myopic and we think that um, this, you know, and it's true, like it doesn't matter to us unless it directly affects us. And that is true, mm-hmm. you know, but if we want to think ahead or think about the future or think about our children and our legacy and all of that, then we have to consider maybe we have to sacrifice same, some things for the greater good and that might be human bodies.
1: And again, I mean, that's another discussion. What is the Mm -hmm. greater good? I mean, from Um. the position of a Satanist, it's going to differ greatly than from a position of your Alabama um, Christian. Mm -hmm. So having that, especially, (laughs) you know, obviously we are in America. And so it's easiest and maybe our only way of expressing the Mm -hmm. idea of um, political confusion through our own um, process. But our country is very much divided on literally every single fucking thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Solar power. One thing that could literally make us energy independent, we cannot fucking agree on. Mm, No one wants to do it. Because we're controlled by corporations, which, okay, that's the American way. Uh, You know, I understand that. But if we can't even agree on something as simple as cleaning our fucking air so that we can continue to breathe, if we can't even do that... How? What chance do we have ever of even addressing yeah. something like terrorism in an honest way?
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, let's be <laughs> I mean, reasonable about this. Like, we can't even fucking do that right. There's no way, realistically, that we're going to band together. Even if we could all come to a consensus on what the greater good was, there's no way we'd do anything about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And this actually leads in perfectly to the first informal informant article. So I think we're going to stop it there. And again, I want everyone to keep in mind that as we... As we have open discussions about uh, terrorism and what that means and the support thereof, we have or or the condoning of, we'll say. Um, keep in mind that we are both uh, here, Americans. We are both Satanists, and I don't want to speak for Aaron, but I very much, I, I I love the country that I was raised in, that my fathers sacrificed for, and. It means a lot to me to identify as an American. And so I come from that position, and I want to make that very clear. Hmm. I do not support, and I, I know, and I, I don't need to separate you from this, Aaron. You
2: can go ahead and speak for me on this. Okay. <laughs> I, I, allow you.
1: I do not, and we do not support any idea of an Islamic fanatic bombing anyone for oh, any God, reason. No. <laughs> there are such better ways of of resolving conflict, and Satanism has actually created some... Uh, not created, but I'd say um, outlined and and presented some very healthy ways of doing so. So the idea that me saying I can imagine a position in life that I would support an idea of terrorism does not equate Mm -mm. me wanting to be a terrorist or support terrorism or anything. (laughs) And I hope everyone's adult enough. I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) And I have a lot of, I have a lot of,
2: I have a lot of opinions on the subject though those weren't my only ones. And I think we're going to get to some more of my other ones later on the show.
1: Okay. Well, how about we jump over to that with the infernal informant?
2: Sounds good. Ever had a question about religion, but couldn't find the answer. Are you interested or skeptical about cults, magic or ritual? My name is Witch Zafdick. I'm a scholar of religion and a witch in the church of Satan. Allow me to research your questions and answer them on my nine cent segment unorthodoxy with which saftig i can address anything from scientology to ralians moonies to ritual magic even the eucharist and of course all things satanic send your questions to Zaptigworks at gmail.com and tune in every month to unorthodoxy with which saftig only on nine cents standing in the back door crying Nope.
1: Hey, what's going on first? Uh, in you know out there.
2: White House to convene summit on violent extremism to highlight efforts to stop extremists from radicalizing, recruiting, or inspiring individuals. This is from, what, today, all right. The White House will convene a summit next month on the ways the U.S. and other governments can counter violent extremism and domestic radicalization, the Obama administration said Sunday. The February 18th event will highlight efforts at home and abroad aimed at stopping extremists from radicalizing, recruiting, or inspiring individuals. The summit will also discuss how local communities can run their own programs involving educators, religious leaders, law enforcement, and medical professionals. Participants will be drawn from both the U.S. and allied countries, with more details to be announced in the coming weeks. The event comes amid rising concerns in Western countries about citizens or residents carrying out attacks inspired by al-Qaeda, Islamic State, and other radical groups. Last week, gunmen staged a deadly attack on French satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo, killing a dozen in apparent retaliation for the publication's long history of lampooning Islam.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so obviously this ties in exactly with what we were speaking to mm-hmm. earlier. Um so what do you think about this? Do you think the White House can can act,
2: do anything? <laughs> um well, they can definitely convene a summit <laughs> next month. <laughs> they can definitely do that. I don't know, man. I don't even know what the fuck that means. I I'd love to be a fly on the on one of the walls in the White House when they have this summit. Um Because I want to know what they do there. I want to know what they talk about. I immediately thought,
1: you're fucking preaching to the choir. What? We're not the ones... Yeah. US and their allies aren't the ones with the fucking problem. Well,
2: they better be the ones that come up with a fucking plan, though. (laughs) I guess that's...
1: But then that's that's not what this is as far as I understand it. This is how we can counter extremism or stop it domestically.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, this
1: isn't, like, they're not going to have local communities rising up against Al-Qaeda or against <laughs> fucking ISIS or something. I mean, this is very much. Yeah. Like, we're just going to talk and, hey, you know what? Terrorism is bad. We, sh- together, us allies, we shouldn't be terrorists. This <laughs> Well, no this, fucking yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, did you, I mean, when you read this, did you think that they were going to come up with a plan
2: to combat? No. I, I, I certainly didn't think that if it's anything like the meanings i have at my work it's sort of just (laughs) like um so we should form like a committee or something for this and be like yeah we should totally do that okay i'll shoot you an email and we'll you know it's gonna be like some bullshit like that they're not gonna figure terrorism out there and i'm sorry not terrorism extremism they're (laughs) they're not Mm -hmm. even gonna call it terrorism we're just talking about extremism in all its forms i'm sure <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm sure they're going to talk about all kinds of extremism I and
1: mean, there's a huge elephant in the room with terrorist yeah. tattooed across his chest of course right. but <laughs> <what> <laughs> yeah the whole fucking point of this summit
2: yeah well um, good luck guys i hope it fucking i hope you come up with something dope because <laughs> it's a scary uh, times. isn't this the point of the un though like isn't I guess. Like, I don't know. Like,
1: literally, isn't this the sole reason the UN exists to confront and stop global catastrophes? And <laughs> this is certainly a huge one. I mean, this is certainly one. It affects so many different countries that are represented in the UN. Why, why wouldn't they naturally just say, you know what? We're going to put together some forces and we're going to just... We're going to salt this head on. We're we're tired of fucking having our citizens suffer. We're tired of this bullshit. You can't even draw a goddamn cartoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, You you mention Muhammad in an inappropriate way and someone dies. We need to do something. But no. No. Not even. We're not going to talk about terrorism. We're going to talk about. This very much feels like 1980s political correctness to me. Yeah. We're going to convene a summit on violent extremism. You mean Mm. terrorism, right? No, 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 no. No one said the T word. No, no. No Violent extremism. Because it takes more forms than just terrorism. You know what I mean? It's not just that. Oh, my That's what we're fucking talking about! Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. That's the whole reason the White House is doing this. Why not just fucking call it what it fucking is, and it's allies getting together to have an honest discussion about how the fuck can we deal with this? Like, what are our real options here?
2: Well, I mean, what are they going to do, though? I mean, what do you do when well, they're That's just, the thing. I just.
1: <laughs> like, a lot of our finances are. And a lot of our Middle East support is tied up in some heavyweight Arab countries that are solid oh Islam controlled.
2: So we're all what so the super fu- fucked. What's that? We're all just so super fucked.
1: Yeah, they're. They- <laughs> I, I never really like to take a defeatist point of view, but <laughs> I, I mean, they fucking won. I, I, I can't bring fucking shampoo on an airplane. <laughs> I can't bring shampoo on a fucking airplane. You
2: can't keep the your Harris shoes on at an
1: airport. They fucking won. We, there's, it, it, it's insane to me that. We sit here and we, as Americans, we talk this talk about, we will oh, yeah. never let the terrorists win. Mm-hmm. Except for every fucking thing that they do, we react to in extreme because of. So someone has a fucking, um, a, a tiny or, okay, let's just use the fucking, the big one. The, the um, World Trade Center, uh, hijacked it with a fucking box cutter, zero knives on a fucking airplane. Oh, I'm sorry. Your nail clippers have a file. That's too much. We cannot have a file on this flight. What? And (laughs) then... Like, it it doesn't make any sense. But because we're Americans, we we can't profile. We cannot judge. We don't want (laughs) to look at someone and say that they might be a terrorist. So we have to apply it to every single person on the goddamn planet. Because we can't use our fucking heads. It is insane. So... No. If... (laughs) If the entire purpose of attacking America was to down their financial power and to disrupt their happiness with fear. Job well fucking done, Al-Qaeda. You fucking won. Kudos.
2: We had the Great Recession
1: immediately following. We fucking, and of course, you could blame, uh, rightfully so, the banks, but if you don't think that the uh, World Trade Center had anything to do with uh, uh, financial... um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? A turmoil across the wor- world, then uh, you're a fool. Um, they very much... <clears throat> they hit us home where it fucking hurts, and, and it's we're still feeling the reverberations of it. Like, still yeah. to this fucking day.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It, it's insane. So, yes, please, White House, have a summit, and instead, let's say, instead of ramping up drone attacks and not knowing who you're killing, maybe, in my humble opinion we could look at some of the ways that you're influencing our local citizens and saying, maybe we should stop. uh, Okay, first and foremost, let's close Guantanamo and let's get those fucking people out of there. Second, let's stop spying on our citizens and let's have the CIA do what they always have and spy on potential criminals. And then let's just stop, let's stop punishing the American public for shit that the American public didn't have anything to fucking do with in the first place. Like, let's just stop, let's stop smacking everyone on the back of the hand because you know what? We didn't fucking do anything. So let's start there. Let's start there. And then maybe we can direct our our ire at the problem, Islamic fundamentalism, and then we can address the fucking solution. Like, if you just say everyone is the problem, how can you ever think of fucking solving anything? It's insane. It's like if I had a fucking stopped up, um, a sink, and I was like, "Well, we better check the neighbor's sink too. Let's go, let's go plumb theirs. Well, why don't we just, why don't we just clear out our sink? No, 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 no. <laughs> there could possibly be a greater sink clogging problem. let us cl—let's cl- check everyone's sink before we actually check our own fucking sink. It doesn't make sense!
2: What the fuck are we doing? I don't know. What was I talking about? this about? I don't know. I think we're moving I'm on. sweating. <laughs> are you fuck. okay? No. Oh, honey. You need a break? <laughs> I'm so upset.
1: No, Uh. so yeah, I don't think... I, as long as we continue to pretend that everyone's a potential threat and we have summits on how local communities can run programs to uh, stop, uh, indoctrination, and we keep passing bills preventing fucking Islamic law from taking hold in the United States, you fucking retarded Bible Belt states! We will never be able to, like, fucking get our heads out of our own asses and address the real fucking problem, Islamic fundamentalists! (laughs) Why? I don't get it. Why don't we just fucking... Why don't we just fucking turn focus? I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Why are we punishing everyone else?
2: He's got a point, folks.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm. Sorry. I am actually sweating. Fuck. Um. So I don't know. I mean, is there anything else you wanted to touch
2: on? <laughs> no, no. I'm scared to say anything else. me.
1: <laughs> I promise to shut up. And I apologize for yelling. I don't. I'm not yelling at you.
2: Just are you sure? You. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. I I don't. I never take into account how other people feel when I <laughs> rant, and I don't. No, I know some cool. people. It bothers them, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're one of the people that
2: trigger. I'll, next time, I'll say trigger warning when you start ramping them up. How, let's give a safe word. Yeah. Okay.
1: If you if you start like feeling me getting a little too whatever, just toss out what, what what's the safe word? Like Adam, chill the fuck out. What would that safe word be?
2: Banana
1: boat. Okay, there it is. Banana boat. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not abuse banana boat because <laughs> then it'll lose its power. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Okay, here's one that oh fuck, you might have to use your safe word on.
2: Nibbly.
1: Fourth graders at New York School plotted to kill teacher with hand sanitizer. <laughs> this is Fox News, so you know it's true.
2: It's true.
1: <laughs> Posted January eleventh today. Three or fourth graders in a New York elementary school plotted to kill their teacher with hand sanitizer in December, the New York Daily News reported. A nine-year-old student uh, students who attended Alba Elementary School in upstate New York allegedly told fellow students that they were going to kill their teacher by putting antibacterial products around the classroom, according to police report. The teacher is extremely allergic to hand sanitizer and banned it from the classroom, and so the students planned to poison her with it. However, the plot was foiled when a student, uh, fellow students told the parents, who then referred it to the school board. Chief Deputy Jerome Brewster of the Genesee County Sheriff's Department told the Daily News that the police had found little motive for the scheme, beyond <laughs> the fact that the children said the teacher is, quote, mean. However, Brewster also said that the authorities considered the plot to be idle chatter and did not charge the students with crimes, instead, referring the matter to the school district, who are treating the threats. Quote, very Very seriously. And I'm sure with zero tolerance.
2: I am. Is it my turn to scream in the microphone? Yes. Because this makes me so angry. Dude, do you know how many times I threatened to fucking murder my teachers when I was nine (laughs) years old? Like, I wanted to literally kill everyone when I was nine (laughs) years old. And I was serious. I was wicked serious about it. But Now, these kids are kidding. Like, I... Fuck this. I don't... Fuck you. taking it very seriously. Do you know what's wicked serious? Not this. Yeah. This is ridiculous. I'm tearing this paper up as we speak. <laughs> Symbolically and metaphorically, I'm ripping this to shreds. Because this is dumb. I, I, that makes I it makes me mad up. how dumb it is.
1: Well, it, it drives me crazy because you're... Uh, it, it doesn't drive me crazy because you're right. Because you absolutely are right. <laughs> it drives me crazy because parents are literally took this seriously they they took it to the police and the, at least the police had the fucking sense for once in their goddamn careers to say you know what you guys need to fucking chill it's hand sanitizer like, are you they're not gonna fucking do anything me. <laughs> don't be stupid and, and parents. first
2: of all the teacher's allergic to hand sanitizer well <laughs> <laughs> i call bullshit on that it's banned from the classroom she sounds like a cunt i think i want to fucking kill this lady too i mean, assume it's a lady.
1: I don't want to be around any person, any human being that is so sensitive that I, I cannot have hand sanitizer near me. The alcohol dries out my skin.
2: Right? Let's be honest. Like, I don't think her allergy was like a wife-threatening allergy. She probably gets like itchy bumps. Like she maybe gets hives from it. It's not the end of the goddamn world. It's not going to kill her. I mean, it's cute that the kids thought that that might happen because yeah. that's just precious to me. But I'm glad that the cops were just like, "Ah, uh, hey, first of all, hey, dum dum nine year old, it's like that's not how shit works." Like, <laughs> and second of all, teacher, whoever reported this, you're you get you're in detention because you're stupid. Well,
1: and, and so this brought up two thoughts immediately to my head. How shitty is this teacher that the kids want to fucking kill her? (laughs) How (laughs) shitty can she be that normally a nine-year-old is just like, I really don't like you. They playfully say, I would kill that bitch. I fucking hate her. (laughs) And that's the end of it because you're now out of school and you're playing with your friends. Like that's the end of the story. You don't think about it again. This teacher was so bad. The kids were plotting against her. Honestly, it was probably a side comment. Hey, we should yeah. put on the bacteria. And then some pussy of a child yeah. that was taught to narc on other fucking people told their parents. Oh Which, by the way, here's the other fucking thing. Get that banana boat ready on.
2: Okay. This okay. drives
1: me crazy. If you are teaching your fucking kids to narc on other kids for something as stupid as uh, putting hand sanitizer. Banana, banana. I don't sorry. know. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. though? Yeah. Like, what are you teaching your kids? I understand if they're passing heroin around,
2: but hand sanitizer, really? Oh, I fuck! Can, I can just picture the little bitch she righted them out to. Because I know those <laughs> girls, and I wanted to kill them too. I wanted—I was Heather's at nine years old. I wanted everyone to just fucking, and <laughs> the whole school to just burn in flames. Oh, so
1: that was my first yeah. thought: is that the teacher must be really, really bad.
2: I don't know. I, I think I wanted to kill everyone. Am I just, I, I just keep hammering this home. Like, maybe I was, maybe I was a sociopath. I think I had a I break think breakthrough might be just something now. Wrong like, with you, <laughs> maybe it's not normal. You have anger
1: <laughs> <issues>. <laughs> I was literally at nine years old, I was thinking about Star Wars toys. Like, that's it. Oh. That, that consumed every moment of my mind. <laughs> not murder. I, I just got a Y Wing, and that was like my entire week of school. I, all I thought of was playing with that Y Wing.
2: Do you ever play um, the um the video game, X-Wing Fighter? Oh my gosh! It's the best ever. <laughs> oh my
1: god! So there's there's X-Wing and then there's TIE Fighter. TIE oh, no. Fighter was my fucking game. Oh my gosh.
2: Was it TIE Fighter? I thought it was called X-Wing Fighter. No, it was well, TIE Fighter. You're right, and it, that was it. The very it.
1: first one was X-Wing. Alliancers. It was X-Wing or something like that. The second one was TIE Fighter. Um, and then they, they came out with a third one, which was really cool, because you could play it, like, with your friends. It's oh. called, like, um... I'm such a fucking nerd now. Uh, it was X-Wing Alliance or something like that. Uh, and it like came with an extra disc that you could give your friend, and then you could both just connect oh modem to modem God. together and play. It was awesome.
2: See, the one I played was a NES, like Nintendo. Oh. That was TIE Fighter, I think. I thought it was called X-Wing oh, Fighter. So they, listeners, write in, because I'm pretty sure I was there was the
1: PC it. version, so that might, you might be absolutely right. Yeah. Sure.
2: Anyway fucking
1: dope as um, shit. You're usually right. I'll just you're right. <laughs> Thank
2: uh, you. It took you
1: long enough. <laughs> Point one. <laughs> um, so, okay, so the second thing that I want to bring up, I really want to bring this up before we close it out, is that this is a perfect example of uh, how you should teach your kids how to positively deal with these situations. Um, communicate with your fucking children as a parent and explain to them that if you do have a problem, that it's okay for them to come to you and not try to poison your fucking teacher with hand sanitizer, but give them a little fucking lesser magic tools. You don't have to frame it that way. Like a creepy weirdo. Hey son, this is lesser magic. (laughs) And here, you know, and don't be weirdo, but just give (laughs) them some fucking tools to deal with a shitty fucking adult figure because there are, they do exist. And it's important for kids to understand them at an early age. You're going to be dealing with assholes your entire life. Some of them are going to be older than you, some will be your age, and some will be younger. And having tools to address those assholes is important. So do yourself, do your kids, do the greater world around you a fucking favor, and just fucking teach your kids a little bit. Why? This is Darren Deicide. You starve for the facts, but you can't find them. You know you are tangled in a web of spin, and you don't know which way to turn. Join me as I broadcast Agent Provocateur from the bowels of the barracks, where we deconstruct global affairs, pulling up the ugly truth, and smearing the hypocrisy in the faces of the masses. Join me only if you're prepared to question everything you may have believed to be true and have a few laughs in the process. This is Agent Provocateur. And now a reading by Magister Slaughter, a poem from Archie and Mehedabal, Titled A Spider and Fly
0: A Spider and a Fly by Don Marquis I heard a spider and a fly arguing. Wait, said the fly. Do not eat me. I serve a great purpose in the world. Well you will have to show me, said the spider. I scurry around gutters and sewers and garbage cans, said the fly, and gather up the germs of typhoid, influenza, and pneumonia on my feet and wings. Then I carry these germs into the households of men and give them diseases. All the people who have lived the right sort of life recover from the diseases, and the old soaks who have weakened their systems with liquor and iniquity succumb. It is my mission to help rid the world of these wicked persons. I am a vessel of righteousness, scattering seeds of justice, and serving the noblest uses. It is true, said the spider, that you are more useful in a plodding material sort of way than I am, but I do not serve the utilitarian deities. I serve the gods of beauty. Look at the gossamer webs I weave. They float in the sun like filaments of song, if you get what I mean. I do not work at anything. I play all the time. I am busy with the stuff of enchantment and the materials of fairyland. My works transcend utility. I am the artist, a creator, and a demigod. It is ridiculous to suppose that I should be denied the food I need in order to continue to create beauty. I tell you plainly, Mr. Fly, it is all damn nonsense for that food to rear up on its hind legs and say it should not be eaten. You have convinced me, said the Fly. Say no more. And shutting all his eyes, he prepared himself for dinner. And yet, he said, I could have made out a case for myself, too, had I had a better line of talk. Well, of course you could, said the Spider clutching a sirloin from him. But the end would have been just the same if neither one of us had spoken at all. Boss, I am afraid what, what the spider said is true, and it gives me to think furiously upon the futility of literature.
1: Okay, so that was Magister Slaughter reading a poem by Don Marquis. Uh, he was a big promoter and friend of Benjamin de, de Caceres, and if you check out underworldamusements.net, you're going to find two volumes uh, available of Benjamin de Ciceres's writings. The first mm. one, Anathema, Lydnies of Negation, and the second one, Imp, the Poetry of Benjamin de Caceres. Okay, so again, underworldamusements.net, check that out. Um, Master Slaughter is a, uh, a friend of the show and a stand-up guy, and he puts out... And he's actually planning on putting out a third volume of his writings, so stay tuned there. Uh, There's Facebook pages and stuff, all available from underworldamusements.net. So Let's do a little down the crossroads. Okie doke. Ah, there you will. Sure you want to stay out in this blackout? Sure it's dark tonight. Thank you for the ride, sir. I think I'll be fine. See
2: you you doing out here?
1: Oh, I'm headed down to the crossroads. Crossroads. (laughs) Wait, miss. You can't be. You're the the
2: devil. devil. But you're you're beautiful. Beautiful. Just sign here. Oh my God. Hey, everybody. (laughs) I'm working. I'm really working on my intro. You you like that? (laughs) Hey! everybody! everybody. Anyway, this is your good friend Aaron, and this is your down to the crossroads for this month. It's January. And um, here's what you first need to do is go to the nine cents page and find the Spotify playlist for this episode called Signifying. It's gonna be on my page too. But you want to play the songs we're talking about. Otherwise, it's just us flapping our fucking gums, and it's really awful. What are you doing? Why aren't you listening to the Spotify list? It doesn't make any sense. It's true. (laughs) So listen along. This week, we're talking about signifying. And so I always have a theme, and it's Mm. always pretty vague and tenuous and (laughs) nebulously... Connected to the songs I picked, but this week we've been talking a lot about um, censorship and freedom of thought, freedom of speech, all of that kind of thing. So these songs I picked because they are sort of um, a, a satire. They all contain a sort of a form of satire And if Mm -hmm. one of them is so signifying was this is a word that maybe sort of means it's mean it's meant a lot of things over the years. But (laughs) in this sense, I'm using it as a sort of it's um it's sort of a rhetorical device that's used a lot by uh, or or it was used by like African-Americans and blacks on plantations and sort of that sort of thing. That's evolved over the years, and there's a million different names for it. And people call it, like, um, The Dozens, I think it's been called. Like, an actual friend of mine called it that. Or Snap. Like, where you just sort of, like, talk shit. But <laughs> it has a greater meaning. And it's sort of a satire. So these three songs I picked all are sort of... So, specifically, satirizing religion. Because that's nice. what I want this show to be about. <laughs> I want this Hell entire yeah. Nine Sense episode to be about satirizing religion um fuck religion (laughs) not just fuck religion but with a sort of sense of irony you know a bit of cleverness you know and that's what i think unfortunately a lot of people miss about satire is that it's not it's it's a It's taking the piss out of something, you know, it's sort of Mm -hmm. taking everything that one holds sacred and just saying, you know what, maybe it is sacred to you, but it's not sacred to us. And it's not, it shouldn't be sacred to anyone because there should be no such thing as sacred. (laughs) And you know, I think that's what a lot of satirists are trying to say. Like maybe they're, I don't know. I'm not, I don't consider myself a satirist, but I think if you ask one, they might say that what they're trying to do is just to get people to say, Oh, my beliefs, might be crazy too, (laughs) you know, maybe I should question exactly what I think is, you know, what I think my ideals are. Maybe they're crazy. I don't know. I've never thought about it. So I think that's kind of what satirists do is just take everyone, take the piss out of everybody, Mm. bust them down a few fucking notches and let them know, like, you're not as hot shit as you think you are. Um, Or maybe you are, but You don't know that you have no reason to think that because you've never considered it, and I think that's what's important with this freedom of thought thing: is that like we all have sacred cows, maybe, but um, Mm. they suck. (laughs) Your sacred cow sucks, and it's dumb, and it's making you crazy, (laughs) and you should let go of. I will fucking kill you. Everybody needs to sacrifice their sacred cows tonight. And then the world would – there would be solved um, terrorism. If everyone just slaughtered their sacred cows tonight, the world would just be a much better place. Hell yeah. So, so the music I chose uh, – Putting a seven. lot of responsibility on these tunes. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I think they – you know, if we all paid attention to this, maybe we could solve terrorism. But so I th- – you know – Boy, I don't want to talk about this too much longer. (laughs) Um, Let's play the first song, and then we'll fucking talk about it as we do. Okay, so here we go. The first song is by um, Charlie Patton, and it's called Elder Green Blues. Now, oh, boy, it's just so good. Charlie Patton, I've played him before, but this was was the best way that Charlie Patton could find to sort of turn the idea of the preacher – on, you know, the preacher used to be the most important person in a black person's life. Okay. I'm generalizing, of course, but let's go back to sort of this, the plantation days and the slave days, you know, you didn't have a whole lot. And so the preacher was elevated to this position of exaltation and, you know, everyone sort of went to them for all the social, you know, all their social questions, anything they needed, they looked to the preacher. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I really love this, by the way. It's so good. But so on the so okay. I'm sorry. I get really distracted by the music sometimes. But this song, <laughs> <clears throat> it's based on a popular song of the day, "Alabama Bound." But it's sort of taking the uh, these two churchmen are going to New Orleans to gamble and drink and get whores. So,
1: as any good preacher would,
2: right? <laughs> what the what this song was doing, what all these songs are going to do, is is try to to show that the preacher isn't hot as hot shit as we are all giving them credit for. You know, you don't have to listen to this person; they're just human beings like everyone else. And in fact, they're full of shit and they're hypocritical. Mm-hmm. You know, so so through these sort of the use of satire. Uh, I should say this Charlie Patton, he's one of the um, he actually used to record under the pseudonym of Elder J.J. J. Headley, and the song is just about, you know, two guys going to New Orleans and boozing it up.
1: Is that a fiddle? What is that?
2: Yeah, I think it's a fiddle.
1: So good? It's so good. <laughs> oh, I want this to be my theme song of life. <laughs> I really enjoy this uh,
2: yeah. yeah so you know the, the point of this song and the point of the rest of the songs is to sort of um, show that preachers are just people like us and there's no reason to listen to them as some authority
1: I love the idea that if, if you're a religious individual and you believe that there's, there's this almighty being who has absolute control over reality, that oh Jesus, there's an ad that just popped up, um, <laughs> has absolute power of authority over everything, but you're not going to talk to him. You're going to talk to some dude that you're like runs your church. Like right. he is the guy that you're going to talk to. I never really understood. I mean. I'm making a number of leaps here. I can't imagine an invisible man anyway. But right. <laughs> if I made that leap, why the fuck would I have Joe's fucking preacher man? Why would I elevate him? That doesn't yeah. make any sense. Like he's he's literally as if you're going to take what he's saying, literally a big a sinner as I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why the fuck would I like because he because he delivers a speech every week. Like, is that why you do it? Or is it because that you're such a sheep? That you cannot possibly fathom taking ownership over anything, <laughs> even in your own religion. Yeah, you can't. How fucking shitty can you be? Ugh.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, <clears throat> the preacher started this sort of thing. You know, talking about like plantation and the slaves. Like religion was such a th- was just such a big deal to them. You know, because it allowed them to sort of remain detached from. What they were doing, like the horrible lives that they had, they were uh, religion allowed them a sort of escapism. That in, instead of focusing on the present and the shitstorm that was their life, they were allowed to to, to daydream about the afterlife and how good things were going to be once thing when once this horseshit life was over. Mm-hmm. And and you know after the war, the after the slaves were freed, we they had to deal with the immediate realities of life and the fact that they're that you know the vestiges of that slave religion that the that was given to them on the plantation and their and the assumptions were just ridiculous and they had to actually deal with like oh my god the fact that maybe this hereafter doesn't exist and i have all i have is this shitty life that i have now you know
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah okay I, I i can see that <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad
1: so, all right another point for fucking Aaron. go yeah. <laughs>
2: all right let's go on next song this <laughs> <laughs> this is by high henry brown and it's called preacher's blues it's another i mean it's just a great song without the message that maybe you can get from it it's still just a cool song um there's another song so this guy's name is high henry brown that's apparently his name like hi like hi you know like you would say to someone Mm -hmm. anyways from (laughs) st louis yeah hi henry brown but that was his name so this song um basically talks you know the preacher is sort of cast as this nefarious character he's a sort of a leech and he's definitely an interloper you know he comes from the outside and he sort of takes over the parish and people were just like uh you know okay this is our new guy Uh then whatever you say (laughs) this song is the lyrics on this are kind of terrific but you know it talks about the preacher just stealing basically all three of these songs the preacher and the is the uh, main character for the most part and he's just an asshole he comes in he eats her chicken he he fucks your wife like
1: (laughs) wait a second oh no do that
2: oh for sure yeah
1: i want to be a preacher
2: well the next song we talk about it's the one of the First couple stanzas is just like better watch out. Like he's just gonna, oh, he's just coming in to fuck your wife.
1: Oh, it's on. I yep. I like chicken. I like fucking. I'm yep. being a preacher. <laughs> That's it.
2: There's another song. Um, this this song we're listening to now is called Preacher Blues. But there's another song with the same name by this guy named Joe McCoy. And this and there's a line in there where he says, "Let me see if I can get this right." He will eat your chicken. He will eat your pie. He will eat your wife out on the sly. <laughs> I'm like, not even mincing words there, honey. I love it. (laughs) He's just, because they're in such a position of power, you know, and preachers are able to abuse this power and they seduce the women in their flock. And then we get the, you know, the idea that preaching then becomes a metaphor for sex. Like it's so ubiquitous, this idea of the preacher coming in and sort of cuckolding husbands that it's become, preaching has become a metaphor for sex. And, you know, the Southern blues, they there was such bitter satire in there and because it was, they were sort of um, resisting the idea that this moniker that they've been given, that they were the devil's music. So it's sort of like a fuck you, like you're going to call this the devil's music. Then we're going to show you the devil's music, you know? And they just sort of thinly veiled satire of just about like, you know what? You're going to call me the devil? Well, guess what? You're a fucking asshole, and you're full of shit, and I know what you're up to. I got your number, and now I'm going to fucking sing about it, and everyone's going to know that you're just some fucking lech like the rest of us. You're no better than any of us, so why the fuck would I listen to you?
1: i got to be honest. I'd never thought of it like that, but
2: yeah. I, <laughs> I
1: totally fucking see that. Yeah. I'd never thought about that, but like – Preaching to your congregation, uh, going to their houses and giving them Bible study. Like it has a whole new meaning now.
2: Yeah. Fuck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> think oh, about I it. I
1: wanna lay some verses.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you should write a song about it. So yeah, that Beautiful. was that was Hi Henry Brown. It
1: was a great song too. I like I the first it. one better, but
2: Yeah. Well you're gonna like this third one, I think. I mm-hmm. hope. Do you uh start? L- yeah, let's just go right into it. I'm on a roll now. So this is Frank Stokes. Um, not a whole lot known about any of these guys, but he, this guy was pretty well-known. Most folks have heard of this guy. was an American musician. He also performed a lot of blackface, minstrel stuff, which I'm a big fan of. Um, sort of considered to be the father of Memphis blues guitar style. He's got a great guitar style. It's very dulcet. It's very interesting guitar work. But... Um, I like his delivery of his lines. Isn't it great? It's so sort of weird. (laughs)
1: Yeah. It's almost cadence. I mean, it's just... Uh
2: Yeah. Oh, I like that. So it starts with a sort of stanza that's um, cribbed from the Lord's Prayer. If you're any sort of Christian, uh, you know the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven. So the first stanza is sort of turns that on its head he's talking about the preacher who owed me ten dollars but he paid me seven he's a you know that's pretty much all you're gonna get so deal with it it basically well, you know the preacher steals he caught him one time in the in his, his watermelon patch eating all of his watermelon and tearing up the vine so he couldn't make anymore and then um just basically yeah just basically sitting in his field robbing him blind uh and then can you imagine.
1: Yeah. Do you think any of the anyone had had a moment of clarity when they came across a black preacher in a watermelon patch and just been like, "Do you realize what <laughs> you're doing is setting up a stereotype for the entire world for the rest of history?
2: <laughs> I don't. For think the they rest of history, yeah. No. No. <laughs> but then you know later he he s- kills another person's pig so that he can eat it. I mean. Uh. So basically, you know, in this story, um, Frank Stokes is just disillusioned by the preacher man. He's like, I moved to when I first moved to Memphis, I was crazy about the preachers. I thought, you know, they could do no wrong. And then one night, he invited the preacher to his house. Preacher came over, washed his face, combed his hair, and the next thing you want to do is get in bed with his wife. <laughs>
1: and,
2: you know, you just can't trust him.
1: I don't want to. The Lord wants right. me to. Hallelujah.
2: Well, then that's Precents. the problem. Is that I mean, that's what. Basically, what they're lampooning here is the the mm. uh, that power that we give religious authorities. I mean, they fucking everything up because we treat them like gods. Mm. We allow them to act as gods or, you know, act as some, any form of authority when, oh, my God. So recently in Baltimore, we had this sort of thing happen where um, there was this, oh, my God, I didn't do my homework on this. But there was this bishop, this female bishop in the archdiocese. Episcopal church I believe in Baltimore but she was driving and text driving drunk and texting and she mowed down this bicyclist in the bicycle lane and then left the scene like went home had a freak out and was just like I'm gonna go home and <laughs> and then people were just like what the fuck like you're the. she was really exalted in the church because she was one of the first females to have like some whatever position it was here in Baltimore archdiocese she was hot shit but it turns out like she just fucking runs people over and then goes home because she gets scared (laughs) i mean she's as
1: shitty as everyone else she's
2: just like everyone (laughs) she's just like every other alcoholic asshole she's just a fucking addict you know this
1: stinks as bad as everyone else's.
2: yeah so that's That's the lesson man and that's what we all need to fucking learn we can't keep putting people in positions of power that don't fucking deserve it.
1: The end. <laughs> or if, they, if we do, like, have some fucking limits. Well, yeah. Like, okay, I'll listen to you preach on Sunday. You can't fuck my wife.
2: <laughs> like, yeah, just... I gotta draw the line at that. <laughs> fucking horseshit.
1: How about rather than you assaulting my watermelon patch, I bring you a watermelon every Sunday. Like, let's set some boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was really great. Deals. I liked that a lot. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I Oh, I I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Um <laughs> sacred cows can go fuck off. Yeah. And if you're not going to go fuck off, at least have a little sense of humor when uh, someone comes around and insults you. And here and like this is the bottom line I think um at least for me, why do you care what other people think? Oh yeah. Why does that matter? Why does that? If I cared what other people thought, I wouldn't be doing the podcast. I wouldn't be doing my job. I wouldn't have uh, desires of having any more kids when I'm high. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you, you you would just not, you wouldn't do anything because you'd be like living your life in fear. What if someone says something wrong? Gasp. Oh, man.
2: There is no greater good. There's no hereafter. It's all about here and now. And why don't we just deal with like? Why don't we just all work together to try to make this the best we can? Yeah.
1: Why? Why would you go and ruin the only thing that you
2: have? The only life life you're
1: gonna have. Like that's it. It doesn't. And even if it's not,
2: how? (laughs) It's not.
1: Why would you give it up? Stupid. Fuck. Here you get fried chicken, pussy, and watermelon. What the fuck, yo? Right. (laughs) Do they not have pussy, chicken, and watermelon in Islam? Because maybe we mean. should just export. Yeah, <laughs> Then they would know.
2: Just send them care packages with drones. We <laughs> don't even have to go. Just send some drones with some care packages. Uh, this, is gonna sen- <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be
1: 9 cents. This is going to be 9 cents' statement about ending terrorism. We will send porno mags. We will send fried chicken. And we will send watermelon to Islam. Islamic countries all around the world... We're going to start with Pakistan. We're going to go into fucking every single Islamic country. Now, there's going to be a lot of them, so I'm going to need everyone's help here. Mm-hmm. Care packages for every radical fundamentalist because once they get a bite of that crispy fried chicken and they rub one out, they may not be so excited to blow themselves up. Just yep. saying. Yep. I wouldn't be. I mean, I mean, I'm i different. Maybe I'm not the same type of person. I'm definitely not the same type of person, but... <laughs> Uh, that was beautiful. Where can the good folks listening uh, find a little bit more about you online?
2: I'm on Twitter at ChelseaGirl19, and I'm on Facebook at Down to the Crossroads.
1: Do yourselves a favor. Listen to these tunes. Seriously, these are really good. This good. was a really great week. Yeah. I mean, they're all good. This was a really great one, though. This is the best. Um, yeah, I really <laughs> dug it. Thank you so much, Aaron. That was amazing. My pleasure. All right. Well, let's uh, let's close this thing out. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't have. My notes where are my notes that's gonna do it for another show Uh-oh. i needed notes for that by the way <laughs> i hope you enjoyed it and we would love to hear from you visit the website nine and send your correspondence to info at nine let us know of any suggestions critiques corrections or general comments you might have you can visit Satanet facebook google plus twitter myspace page for nine cents to get updated on weekly topics and download the show mondays via the rss feed new feed nine is where you find it We're also available on Last.fm, Stitcher, and YouTube, so look for us there. You can subscribe to 9 Cents via iTunes by searching 9 Cents, and don't forget to leave a rating and a comment. If at any time you do not see a weekly podcast uploaded on Mondays, shoot me an email, send me a phone call, 801-899-6168. goes directly to a Google Voice account. I will set you straight, so do yourselves a favor. Get in communication if you need it. And, of course, if you want to learn a little bit more about Satanism... Well, you can <laughs> you can buy the Satanic Bible, or the Satanic Scriptures. That'll do some good, solid there. Uh, but you can also check out ChurchofSatan.com. It is filled with current essays, current satanic thought, wit, and wisdom. And it is available literally at a keystroke, any time of the day, seven days. I think there's seven days a week nowadays. And I don't know. We're gonna say twenty four hours in a day, by the Julian calendar. I guess anyway. So. Oh. Uh, remember that the only way we're going to keep doing this which is up in the air done, oh done, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Really? if you continue to correspond and tell a friend share nine cell <laughs> nine cell and sis <laughs> banana vote I need a rescue once again thank and you for joining me and as always I'm your host Adam Campbell being joined by Aaron Aaron not <laughs> just Aaron the amazing Aaron Ooh. and until next week hail
2: Satan hail Satan They'll say, don't take me to